There we go. I forgot how scary that is. I Hello there. Hello there. Hi, Martin. He, he just pops into the chat and he's like, Hello, naughty co-host. It's murder time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he's like, where the fuck were you guys? I've been waiting for two months. <laughs> we're like, we're sorry. <laughs> we got distracted. Yeah, he got, he got sick. He got sick of waiting for us, so he just left the Discord himself. <laughs> he started making his own podcast. Like, oh my god. Where are you guys? <laughs> like, sorry, we had exams. And then January happened, and that was stressful. I thought you were I thought you were gonna say anxiety there and, and like also, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I'm in I'm in my setting room today because my roommate is uh DM or GMing a D and D campaign currently and he's in the room. So I'm in the, the sitting room downstairs, but I, it's like I have I have the blind partially up so I can see out on the road because I'm like I don't want someone sneaking up on me. That's what I have anxiety about right now. <laughs> um, I, I just have like the background radiation, like school anxiety. Um, I don't have any like specific murder anxiety. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, imagine what that must be like. <laughs> Oh, I was worried this morning because one of our dogs was hurting. And oh. Was... oh. Yeah, she had like when we got her, so like three or four years ago, we got two dogs at the same time. And one of them is completely fine, and the other got like we're not sure what it is, but the vet things that it was. I don't know how to pronounce this. Meningitis. Meningitis. Oh, meningitis. Yeah. The dog got meningitis. But it wasn't. Yeah, but it wasn't on her spine, it's her Jesus. hips. So she was, like, actually, like, whining and crying out. And, like, climbing oh. onto my lap and stuff. It was awful. So she got, like, blood tests done and stuff. And now we, we solved it. She took, like, cortisone and it was fine. And now, like, once or twice a year, she has a couple of days that her hips start hurting again. So this morning, she, like, she was shaking where she, should, where she stood because it hurt so much. I was like, oh, no. Sort of to the vet to get painkillers, and now she's fine-ish. But it's like... Uh, she's on the mend, as they say. Yeah, she's on the mend. Because she <laughs> doped out for mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna drug our dog. No, so uh, she should be fine at the end of I the mean, weekend, that... and if, she, if she's still hurting on Monday, we need to go back to yeah. the vet. There's a video I saw at the start of this week. Um, and it's like someone brought their cat to get neutered and also brought it to get um, like its teeth checked on the same day. So this cat has had like two doses of like local anesthetic and it's just like fucking, <laughs> it's not doing good. <laughs> like it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's grand, but it's like, it's just very high. And it just keeps like, it like walks into walls and then it takes like five seconds for it to like process the fact it's walked into a wall and then it falls over. Um, that happened to my, my cousin when he was in um, fourth year, so it's kind of like 16, 15 in Ireland. Um, he was hanging out in a park, and being uh, the simple teenage boy he was, he was like, I'm going to grab this like branch of a tree in front of the girl I like and hold on to it, and that will make her, you know, she'll be impressed by that. Um, so he <laughs> yeah. Jumped up, like, fucking 
like half a foot and grab this tree and hold it. So he does like gymnastics and stuff. So he's like, he's quite fit. Um, and he held it and it was fine. And then it was quite a small branch, so he kind of just slid off it. Oh no! Is that... <laughs> he slid off it and just fucking destroyed his elbow. Um, like he had to get a pin no. in his elbow and all this stuff. But like he was like, yeah, it was the strangest feeling because I like fell and I fucked my elbow. Um. And and I was like, I knew something was wrong, but also my my I was in so much pain, my body decided just to not feel it. Um, so like they called the yeah, EMTs and thing. stuff, and he was just fucking like, they I had to get like put knocked unconscious because I kept making the EMTs laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really crazy how if you hurt yourself, and just there's nothing, it's fine. Oh yeah, this this arm is broken. Nope, everything's fine. Yeah. But your arm's gone off. Tis but a scratch. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like that dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even my wisdom teeth are like kind of coming through. Mm-hmm. So what I like years ago when the dentist first noticed that I had them, you know, like, oh yeah, when it comes through, we're gonna have to like break open your jaw to get them out. Which like okay, fun. So now they're actually coming through. So I went to the dentist. And he's like, it's fine, we don't have to get them out yet. But I'm like vaguely looking forward to getting them out. Because we always yeah. get so such funny stories of the weird shit people say when they're high. Mm. So yeah. like, I wonder what I would be saying when drugged Hi. up on anesthetics from getting my teeth removed. That'd be yeah. a fun podcast idea. Everyone just like takes <laughs> everyone yeah. just takes laughing gas like you'd get at the dentist and then they're like, Yeah, improv comedy podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. <laughs> yes. This is one of my more dangerous pitch a podcast ideas. <laughs> you know, every episode we pitch a podcast and I go I like stop. <laughs> Hello, everybody who's listening in for the last five minutes as we've been talking about uh, broken bones. Um, <laughs> we are the Archive Admirers, a fan podcast listening to the Magnus Archives by Rusty Quill. As always, I'm jo- uh, joined by my co host, uh, Nigel. Hello. Faustina. Hi. And Elke. Hiya. And as always, it's me, the Blob. Um, (laughs) so for those who haven't uh heard our podcast before essentially what we do is that each week or each episode uh we listen to an episode of the magnus archive we come together we discuss it and then about halfway through the episode i get sent into the void um and the other three have their little spoiler chat um for those who have listened to our previous episodes you may have noticed uh it's only me being sent into the void at the moment. That's because Elka has um, caught up to the rest of the manga's archives. In the, like, <laughs> between us starting the show and uh, episode 7, they have uh, listened to 195 episodes, I think. Yep, yep. This was very good motivation. Could you try again? Shut up, Siri. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Siri. Um... So yeah, you've been banished from the spoiler zone. Hey. Um, 
you get to join the spoiler uh, full uh, Discord channel now that we have on our server. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm still banished. So anyway, I think <laughs> this week we are uh, listening slash talking about episode seven, The Piper. So, Nigel, do you want to take it away with a little summary of what this episode is about? Yeah. Hold on one second. Yes. So, episode seven is Statement of Staff Sergeant Clarence Berry regarding his time serving with Wilfred Owen in the Great War. So, basically, this is this is the first uh, statement that we get that isn't like from sort of the immediate time frame around uh, when Jonathan Sims is recording these statements. Uh, this one's from uh, The Great War, if you didn't guess it, you dingus. Uh, and so the, the, the plot of this statement is from <laughs> a soldier fighting on the front line in World War One, and he's, you know, he's doing his general sort of soldiery things and he's, t- you know, He's experiencing all the horrors of the war. And then one day, the famous English poet Wilfred Owen uh, is assigned to his unit. And Wilfred Owen is, you know, because he comes from good stock. So he sort of outranks, he gets, he gets like an honorary rank, despite the fact that he hasn't done any work to get it. And so he, he outranks uh, Clarence Berry. Uh, both socially and like in the military hierarchy so naturally mm-hmm. uh, Clarence is like well this is just swell and then he <laughs> finds out that Wilfred Owen writes poetry and Clarence is like I fucking knew it I looked at this bitch and I'm like oh you write poetry and he's like hey I wrote a poem and he's like yeah <laughs> He's grinding his teeth. Um, so eventually, like, they, they get, like, more and more on good terms. And then they're go- about to go out on, uh, they're about to go out on, like, an expedition across No Man's Land. And there's artillery. And, and Wilfred has been kind of, kind of weird. He's, like, like, trailing off at the end of his sentences and stuff. Uh, and, like he looks like he's listening to something and then <clears throat> so they, they go and uh, while they're out there there's a sound of a shot and Clarence sees uh, Wilfred standing there and then like a shell comes down and it's like oh Wilfred Owen has fucked Wilfred Owen fucking died um, and so Clarence he, you know he gets shipped back and whatever and yeah. he's like, oh, that's so sad. Alexa, play Despacito. <laughs> uh, Fuck, that's a vintage meme. <laughs> yeah, it's a vintage meme for an episode that takes place in the past. I thought that would be took- appropriate. Yeah, very good. Sure thing, yeah. Piper, play Despacito. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so sad. Piper, play Despacito. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I know what the episode title is now. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, nearly two weeks go by, and then people are shouting that they say they found someone while they're out recon- reconnoitering uh, the land. And it's it's Wilfred. He's there. He's alive. And they say he, he found 
like it, they found him in an explosion of a crater and he was alive intact somehow but there was like the remains of someone hi can you guys hi. yes yeah, i can hear you i thought this was the issue yeah i think nigel oh no <laughs> Oh, That's just... fine, because we were all really quiet for real time, so back, we just stay quiet for a bit, and then you can just cut it out. But... Yeah, because I thought I just liked that, so I was like, I'm not going to be like, my mic's gone, and then just leave. And yeah, I, I figured it was my internet that could yeah, same, same. <laughs> I did that, and then I realized, hmm, no, you're wrong. Um, but Nigel's circle is still green, though. But maybe his internet... Yeah, it still might be recording Nigel's, because I don't know how Craig works. Um, I imagine it's on like everyone's own mic, because it does have the four channels. Yeah. Um, well, this is spooky. Yeah. <laughs> it's another vintage meme. Um, I'll just talk about oh, the Viper. Nigel, are you still talking? <laughs> <laughs> we can. Yeah, Nigel, please return to us. <laughs> oh god, Nigel's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, wiped from existence. Oh no, he's, ty he's typing. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, that's Nigel, really come back. <laughs> Leave and join again. Yeah. Nigel? Oh no. I shall speak. Yeah, 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 I heard it. <laughs> oh no, how long was I gone? What was the last thing? What was the last thing you heard me say? It was like, Wilfred had just been found in the crater. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. We, don't, we, were, we, don't we know were all really quiet for a long time. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I had gotten to Wilfred getting shipped back. Oh, God. Um. I, I it still wonder. might have recorded on your end, I wonder. Maybe oh, repeat maybe. it anyway, to be sure. Yeah, I'll repeat it. it yeah, okay. Uh, so, w Wilfred was found in the... These are going to have to, like, make slight noises or something uh, while I do this, just so I, uh, I'm aware. Or actually, we'll no, I'll keep an eye on the chat. Yeah. Yeah, we'll make panto crowd noises. We'll be going like, ah! Ooh! Ooh. No! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Wilfred, like, they say, oh, they found Wilfred, and he, they found him in a crater, and he, he had survived, but he was found in the remains of someone else who had been basically blown up. He, like, they weren't as lucky. So they take him to the infirmary, and um, Wilfred, is, Wilfred is there, and Clarence goes to see him, and he... Wilfred starts saying real cryptic shit like, yeah. I saw the war. And uh, Clarence is like, yeah, you sure did, buddy. And, and he's like, Wilfred's like, no, I met the war. It was just slightly smaller than you are. And Clarence is like, okay. And so Wilfred then talks about the, like the, this really detailed description of uh, the Piper, who's an aspect of the war. You know, this really horrible... Uh, like description and Clarence is like okay I kind of regret asking how you are TMI and um, and then it, Wilfred says like the, the Piper the war had c 
come to claim him and he's like please no i write poetry and the piper <laughs> the piper is like hmm okay gives him a pen and then he's like okay i'll be back to claim you like the terminator uh and so <laughs> i'll be back with weapons yes yeah. literally hmm and and so he Wilfred gets shipped back to England because the doctor says he's got one of the worst cases of shell shock he's ever seen. So Wilfred, he's sent back to England to convalesce, and that's where he his poetry career starts taking off, and he's like able to really capture the war and how yeah. awful it is. Whereas the the poetry that he had previously read for Clarence. Uh, was really, really bad in Clarence's words. So he's like, hmm, okay. Uh, and, you know, the fighting continues in World War One, but Clarence starts to notice that more and more people are like, look like they're hearing something in the distance. Like a piper. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, eventually, Wilfred comes back uh, and they continue fighting and at one stage Wilfred just like appears at the uh, like at the end of Clarence's bed in the middle of the night and he's like you know he's, he's still saying real cryptic shit like a couple months back in, in England couldn't cure him of that he's like won't be long now will it because <laughs> the war seems to be winding down and Clarence is like no uh, <laughs> he's like no I, and then the light flashes and he can see that Wilfred is crying and it, then there's like a final uh, push towards the enemy and uh, Wilfred Owen he starts going like mental he's got sicko mode uh, like really really violently and it's something that Wilfred Owen gets awarded a medal for for you know bravery and whatever and Clarence is like that was just pure savagery that's not you know like th that's not human that it was awful to behold basically mm. and then the war is finally wrapping up the day that the peace treaty is signed they're out fighting uh, you know there's not meant to be much resistance there and uh Wilfred is like, oh, the war is over. And a bullet hole just appears in his head. And he dies. And then, mm. at, then Clarence says, basically, I think it was at the exact moment, not just the day, but the exact moment that the armistice was signed, that yeah. Wilfred Owen died. And uh, that's it. And doesn't, like, Clarence as well get, like, fucking suck on but like destroyed by a flamethrower at one stage or am I yeah 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 he gets well he gets hit with a flamethrower um yeah. but because the ground is all muddy he uh survives uh, and he's able to just be treated for burns instead of like getting immolated to death hmm. what do people think of our first uh historical um story I I really liked it. Mm. Like it, it appealed to me on many levels. Uh, wow, that sounded like both formal and knobbish. It appealed to me on many levels. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
like as an as an English student and poetry enthusiast, I I, I really like that Wilfred Owen is in it. But also just the writing and the whole story. Like this was my favorite episode of Magnus for ages. Like this is fantastic uh, yeah. as an episode. I have so many so many thoughts on it. Mm. I had the funny thing is I for a while studied English literature at university and I had to Google if Wilfred Owen was a real person or not. <laughs> so like, I, I, yeah, that's fair. I always remember I, I did him in class when I was thirteen, like I did my junior search poetry question on him in yeah. fucking like twenty fourteen. Um because we got the topic of war and I was like Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I feel like no, we probably because I remember in my second year of English literature we had a whole like theme. Like the the course was divided up into themes and then we discussed bones. Yeah. And there was a theme about war and war poetry. I yeah. just don't remember if Wilfred Owens was part of it or not. That's been a while. Yeah, well, him and like Siegfried Sassoon are kind of the big poets of of the uh, the First World War. Mm. Yeah. No. That yeah, for me. Raises... Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna say about the episode, like. For Nigel, it's a really good one, and I was just not super fussed about it, to be honest. I just, I mean, it's it's fine, but it didn't really, didn't really speak to me all that much. Mm. Yeah, I liked. Just kinda... I really liked the the imagery of the Piper. I yeah, liked, that was cool. Yeah, I like how they portray him and the war, but yeah, it's like it's not my favorite episode. I liked it, but... Mm. Yeah. yeah. What, what did you think, Hannah? Are, are you going to balance out the... the in, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's not... I, I like it, but I, I, I find the concept of, like, war quite interesting as, like, a topic. Um, I don't know why, I'm just weird like that. And I, I find it very... Like, I like the fact it's not set in modern times. Um, <laughs> I think it, it really adds to, like, the fiction of the Magnus Archives as well, because up until kind of this point, everything's been very current. Um, like the kind of oldest <clears throat> reference to anything you kind of hear is the whole Leitner and stuff, and like the early, it's, I think it's the 90s that the, the library burned Yeah, down. 80s yeah. to 90s. 94, yeah. I think, is the, uh, um, the incident they talk about. Yeah. And like... It's interesting. I think it's just cool as well that the fact that it's just like this guy just saw this very famous poet who maybe we are more exposed to. Oh, Wilfred Owens in um, like Ireland and like the UK adjacent countries because you know English speaking and stuff like that. Um, but no, I liked it. I think the whole kind of um, the idea of this like this guy dies and then he comes back two weeks later and he's just like I am the world's now the world's best war poet, blah blah, is spooky. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of like going back to the concept of, um, oh, what's that? It's in an episode of Supernatural, which is a terrible way to start a sentence. 
<laughs> I think everything was in an episode of Supernatural at some stage. Plausible, yes. Um, the guy who makes like the like uh, he's like a very famous jazz, like kind of bluegrass guitar player, and he like supposedly made a deal with the devil. Okay, I'm gonna. Have to oh yeah, this. that dude. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Thank that me. episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's like but... early. It's like season one. Um, mm. Is this where Dean gets chased by the dogs? That's season three's finale, I'm pretty sure. I don't know, I quit in season 11. It's, <laughs> I didn't remember. Fair enough. I also like about this episode that it's such... Uh, it's such a close... They come so close... Because this Wilfred Owen dude actually... This Piper. You know, you can describe him down to mm. the detail. And with a lot of it, some episodes are like, we'll leave it up to you what the baddie looks like. And, you know, they don't show themselves. And here, I guess he doesn't. The Piper doesn't show themselves to everyone. But still, there's like a more concrete aspect to it in a way. Yeah. I like. I also do like that the Piper isn't just like a man. Like, they could have made it like the. No, wait, I think that's a spoiler. <laughs> Save it a little bit longer. Yeah, I'll say it later. I'm not sure if it's a spoiler, but I'm not gonna risk it. Yeah. No, I think the thing I find interesting about it is kind of that, you know. It'd be one thing if it was like this guy who made the deal and he, it was him writing about it. It's interesting that's kind of like he's aware of the Piper's powers but he isn't affected by it in the same way. So like mm -hmm. the fact that he is like he could tell people were hearing music um, and stuff like that and then but he you know he, he doesn't die and like he's by the time the war's over because I think it's like the 6th of November 1922 um, when the date of the uh, like disclosure or whatever is is when that happens. Um, yeah. Hmm. Another interesting detail, uh, which I'm sure you guys will pick up on in later, well later in the section, the guy who Wilfred dies with, yeah, is named and kind of the archivist at the end points it out. Is it um, Joseph Rayner? Um, I can't Even remember. Even when I first I listened to it, I was like, what? Why are you paying attention to this? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we haven't heard Rainer yet being mentioned, right, in the previous episodes? No. It's yeah. just John going, yeah. hey, I know this name. This name sounds familiar. Yeah. Um. Mm. But no, yeah. I liked it. It's not, you know... I, I really like the part where Clarence goes like, oh hey, this is like the... I forgot the English name. Rattefanger van Hamelen? Yeah, the... Yeah, I don't know what it's called in English either. The, the dude with the children and the rats. The Piper rats. of Hamelen. Yeah, the Pied Piper of Hamelen. We, we call him yeah. the Pied Piper, yeah. Yeah, where, he's like, where Clarence yes. is like, well, are we the rats or are we the children? And I'm like, oh... Mm. Dude, that sure is a question. Yeah. yeah. Oh, me, me, my whole literature analysis brain mm -hmm. is like, mm, that's a beautiful quote. Mm. 
Delicious. Ah, yes. <laughs> hmm. But speaking of uh, analysis and stuff, what I think is is really interesting is um, sort of the the question that this episode raises when when you realize that like Wilfred Owen is a real historical person who wrote poetry about the war and mm-hmm. depicted it as like a really really horrible place to be. Uh, and like for soldiers to actually uh, live in and you know like one of his most famous poems arguably like his most famous is uh, Dulce et Decorum A uh, which is oh that's him yeah that's him the the motto yeah you might not know him to name but like you definitely I definitely know the poem yeah and like like the last, the last verse of that, which is about the whole motto of serving your country. So he's talking about like a horror he's seen, which is similar to like how Clarence sees Wilfred uh, get hit by the shell. But it, in mm. Wilfred Owen's poem, it's a man uh, drowning in gas. And the last yeah. verse is, "If in some smothering dreams you too could pace behind the wagon that we flung him in." And watch the white eyes writhing in his face, his hanging face like a devil sick of sin. If you could hear at every jolt the blood come gargling from the froth corrupted lungs, obscene as cancer, bitter as the cud of vile incurable souls on innocent tongues. My friend, you would not tell with such high zest to children ardent for some desperate glory the old lie, dulce et decorum a pro patria mori. And it's like, that's a really damning indictment of the war. Yeah. But, like, it, like, I know the Magnus Archives is fiction, and so the whole, oh, the war, to, like, got him to write about the war is fiction. But still, in some way, the poetry is glorifying war. Mm. Yeah, because, like, definitely like, in casting. people who, yeah, who aren't... Because obviously we are Irish, so we're not we're not British, but a lot of our um, culture is quite tied up in kind of England, and especially like English literature, I would say. Um, yeah. So like in the context of like the you know historical context surrounding Wilfred Owen's poetry, and I'm sure it was the same in Belgium. Um, you guys probably know way more about what it's like to live through a world war than we do. Um, but the up until that point it was very much understood that like war was a very honourable thing and it was kind of like what you were expected to do and kind of Owens poetry and Sassoon's poetry to some extent as well as like other writings and kind of um, other aspects of the war it was what kind of changed especially like the British upper classes kind of viewpoint of war as not being this like honourable thing you did to kind of prove you were a man it was this very like kind of thing to be avoided and like it's a shame to kind of die unnecessarily like that. Um, we've mm. got a eye gone quiet. Yeah, I think it's, think it's also. I think it's also partly because like, Clarence says he's done like all four years of the war, right? And Wilfred yeah. has only done just over yeah. one year. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I mean. I don't know how relevant it is, but I remember learning that with the First World War, people were all like, oh, it'll just be like 
a small yeah. battle. It'll be fun. This will be grand. A months will be over. Yeah. The and it's only famous, like four years. The famous quote from Ish, um, because I read, uh, I over the summer read um, Testament of Youth, which is of like I can't remember her name. I think it's Vita Britton, um, but she was like a war uh, nurse. And she was like, quite upper class. And basically the whole thing with like the First World War in England was that they were like, it was kind of all these boys enlisted who were like just 18. And they were basically told like, yeah, you're going to go to Europe for six months and fight and you'll be home by Christmas. Um, and then that didn't happen and it was four years long. And just like mm. a generation of people got wiped out. Um, yeah, and yeah then, the, 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 they're called the lost generation for a reason. Like that's the, yeah. the official name for the people born at that time which is deeply sad and traumatizing when you think about it like on a national psyche yeah Yeah, and like i mean in the episode itself i noticed the date where um clarence makes a statement is like in 19 yeah it's really a whole time afterwards yeah it's a couple years after so like clearly it's something that still plays on his mind even yeah and he says years after to close his windows when the parades yeah. go by for the victory because and like I know it, it's reminding him of, of the Piper but also like like a lot of narratives that take place in the war, it, even the Lord of the Ring like they're yeah. allegories for people coming back with shell shock and PTSD yeah, yeah and I mean Clarence sorry oh no like it, it's not the primary focus because the primary focus is horror but by bringing in Wilfred Owen you've got this whole like war is like it kills yeah. people with far more like devastating things than bullets and bombs yeah yeah, yeah. and like that'd be horrible yeah like clarence says at one point like oh i'm one of the lucky ones i survived all for years uh, doctors never gave me like diagnosed me yeah. with shell shock and then at the end he's like i had to close my window to not hear this thing I'm like are you yeah. sure are you really Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing as well. It's like World War One is like deeply horrifying to study, um, and just because like even before that, because like there was the Boer Wars and then many other wars. Um, but before, before then, it was still like guns weren't very effective, and there wasn't chemical warfare, and there wasn't kind of like tanks and stuff. Um, and World War One is that the first real kind of modern war where it's like you had guns that were like capable of like killing hundreds of people very quickly um and then you just had like waves and waves of people dying because of like just countries getting into like a who biggest dick contest um (laughs) yeah there's some really cool there's some really cool war museums in belgium Mm. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, just Flanders Fields on its yeah. own is also yeah, amazing. It's all really worth going to. Yeah, we went to Bruges when I was about 15, and we did about a day's trip around uh, Flanders, so we went to, like, years <coughs> and all, like, the... Bless you. <coughs> Bless you. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Um, yeah, I know we went to all the, like, memorials around there, so, like, uh-huh. um, I think there's... I think it's in Yips. Is that like famous town that got invaded like fucking five times during the war, and they have like a bell tower and they do like a honor yeah, kind of yeah. 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 That's where the really cool museum is too. Yeah. The big tower. Mm. 
Yeah, no. Hmm. War. It's pretty uh, shitty. Yeah. That Another... means. Oh. Sorry. Okay. One oh, other thing I was I was thinking about was that, you know, Clarence is always saying he was lucky, but I, I don't know if on another hand he isn't a bit resentful that War chose Wilfred O and not him, because he goes like, I've been in the war for the entire time. I've been there all four years. And then this Wilfred Owen dude shows up, and he's there for five seconds, and they go into battle. And he already, and he immediately, he survives against odds, and then he... Yeah. He is I have... by the supernatural thing, and yeah. I have a what? profoundly depressing reading of that. Um, yeah. I just have, yeah, is... I, have a, I have a reading of it as well. I w I'm curious to hear what you think it is. Uh, oh, well, I I think that like, like Wilfred was chosen to be an avatar, uh, uh like uh, of this, th this Piper and stuff. Like he got chosen. There was something else, and he was able to like, then able to write poetry, which captured how bad mm -hmm. the war was. And uh, Clarence was there for four years, and he wasn't picked. And so, like, if he is resentful about it, like, I. I I sort of feel like it, it, it's a, a grasp for meaning because, like, if he didn't go and get this, like, what was the point of going to yeah. war? What was the point of being sent out to, mm. like, kill all of these people? Which is, like, a horrifying thing for your own mental yeah. stability. And, like, if something didn't happen to him and, like, that changed him and made him violent, uh, like a violent killer like Wilfred turned out to be at the end then what was the point the war yeah. was fucking useless yeah. yeah I think another reading I have it as well of like in war like this it was always a thing which was like um, so like how I, I'm not sure how it works in Belgium but like you have your kind of people who sign your enlisted men and then you have your cadets and your officers um, and normally you couldn't be like an officer um, unless you were like someone who'd like were kind of a high, a like a higher class standing, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and then yeah. Clarence is like an enlisted man. He was like, there was no other job for me to do, and I have to do this, and I did four years of it. And Clarence yeah. wouldn't be someone you would remember, um, and he's not someone that was picked by war to depict it, but the young lad who turned up halfway through and would have fucking died in his first battle if um, death hadn't picked him is the one who is chosen to like represent death and is the person that people remember of when they think about the war. Um hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's just me being a cloth like a No, I did I, I feel that. I feel <laughs> yeah. that reading. Yeah. Um, hmm. so yeah, any last minute kind of general comments before I get disappeared into the void? I like I I, I just think that the like how he like we said it before but the whole description of the piper is yeah like it's really cool uh like just that image and it's like if i if i read or heard that in anything like i would think that's really awesome so i'm not just being blindsided by how much i love the magnus archives but it it, it did remind me so like when there, he talks about 
um, you know, he told me it had three faces, one to play its pipes mm. of scrimshaw bone, one to scream its dying battle cry, and one that would not open its mouth for when it did blood and sodden soil flowed out like a waterfall. Those arms that did not play the pipes were gripping blades and guns and spears while others raised their hands in futile supplication of mercy and one in a crisp salute. It reminded me of another thing, uh, another piece of critical, uh, war-critical media, which is uh, a song by Donovan called Universal Soldier, which he talks about, like, every single soldier, if it were one person, and it starts, like, describing it. Like, the, the song goes, like, he is five foot... He is five foot two, he is six feet four, he fights with missiles and with spears... He's all of 31, and he's only 19. He's been a soldier for a thousand years. And yeah. it goes on so cool. and on, and it's like, without him, all this killing can't go on. And we need to, like, realize, like, his orders come from far away no more. They come from here and there, and you and me, and brothers, can't you see? This is not the way we put the end to war. So I don't know whether that's yeah. intentional on Johnny Sims' part, but uh, I listened to a lot of Donovan when I was uh, <laughs> 11, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that reminds me of another song, which I will play for you guys once I come out of the spoiler zone, uh, that my dad played for me on my 19th birthday. That is related to this topic, so you have that to look forward to. Um, we'll put it at the end of the credits as well. Um, but that... Mm. I think with that, um, I'm going to get server muted so we can talk about spoilers and this stuff. And yeah, we'll see you guys in a few... Well, they'll see you straight away. I'll see you guys in a few minutes. Alright. Skip ahead to 54 minutes and 57 seconds if you wish to avoid series spoilers. Ooh, spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. There's the first not time really. Elka joins us for spoilers. Yeah, yeah I get yeah. to oh, talk yeah. about the spoilers now. <laughs> it's, yeah, this is the first time you get to talk with us in the spoiler uh, yeah. zone. Yeah. But this is an episode that doesn't have a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of, uh, of stuff to discuss, really. Like, if you take the episode at, like, what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think the main spoiler... Is Joseph Rayner, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's in there. Who may or may not be related to Maxwell Rayner? Like it's ne like it it has it's never been confirmed. confirmed no, but John draws attention to it, and there is like explicitly characters who are called Rayner. Yeah. So like it's yeah, tied into. Like, yeah, like from a yeah. narrative point of view. Like in a TV series or whatever, you could just pick out any side character and it wouldn't matter all that much. But mm. narratively, in a podcast, if you put specific attention to the on name. a name that doesn't seem all that important to the main plot, then it's gonna be related, right? You're not just gonna put it in there for a random. It might be yeah. like a red herring just to mess with people. Yeah. But like this is the Magnus Archives, and we know how Johnny yeah. Sims works, so yeah, yeah, so, we, we yeah. can safely be like it's something to do with Maxwell Rayner. Mm. Yes, which is it's it's really strange because Maxwell Rayner, uh, or Edmund Halley, uh, I suppose, is, is, as his original name went, 
uh, like, you know, he is tied to the Dar and the People's Church of the Divine Yeah, Earth. so what is he doing here? Yeah, exactly. I know he's functionally immortal, but he needs to get another body. And either it could just be a relative, like in the same way that a bunch of, uh, like, Fairchilds and Lucases show up in different, um, mm -hmm. different things, but it's really weird that it's just this link to the dark and uh, like their whole thing which is completely unrelated in an episode is, which is yeah. slaughter yeah because uh, yeah, war is slaughter yeah, yeah unless mm. you vaguely make like the connection of I don't know being blinded by shrapnel or something and then get, or getting in the dark but I don't it's know very vague. yeah I mean like, I suppose you could raise it on a thematic level if it is related to uh, Maxwell Rayner being immortal. Uh, you know, like, Wilfred Owen becomes immortal through the legacy of his poetry uh, and the things he describes. But, like, that's... I, even I, who will write 5,000 words on a section of Ulysses, which makes, n like, no sense to most people who read it, <laughs> like even I'm gonna say that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> it also yeah. does. War and death also do. Because there's a lot of there's some war episodes where that are more death orientated than slaughter oriented. I'm still here. Are we still here? Yeah. <laughs> we fell away halfway through a word, so I wasn't sure if I had fallen away or if it was... Yeah, so that... Just that it's also... That war was also related to death. So then if Maxwell mm. Rainer is immortal, it could be more that side of... Uh, yeah. Yeah, or like... Laps in the face of it. Mm. Yeah, or maybe like he's just there for unrelated reasons that we don't know like dark yeah. related reasons <laughs> like, it could it could just be that he's like like he just happened to be there yeah. and got caught up in it for no yeah. reason like if yeah, it was showing his life it would be a like it'd be a record scratch moment and he'd be like so you're probably wondering how i ended up here <laughs> yeah or like and yeah. then he just gets fucking annihilated by a shell yeah, yeah or like uh like, hey, I'm an avatar of the dark. I'm gonna scare some soldiers because they aren't scared enough quite yet. Mm. Uh, and then he just accidentally gets blown to bits. Yeah. I wonder has anyone written, like, fanfic? <laughs> Not, like, in a weird way, but as in, like. You I mean, know, people have definitely written fanfic in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, about. Joseph Rayner and what he was doing like this specific one because I know there's a lot of stuff that Magnus is like you know like teases throughout and it's eventually paid off or some of the stuff that like doesn't need to be paid off you know like yeah. the little things that come at the end of the episodes where you're like oh okay I, I understand that this is a mystery but Magnus mm -hmm. places enough faith in its audience to know what needs to be known and what doesn't but yeah. like this yeah. is really weird because there's never been and I I mean it could it could be revealed in the last six episodes of the podcast <laughs> but <laughs> don't expect it to yeah, yeah it might no, just there's... be a name drop of like hmm. oh yeah this 
just like to show us. Yeah, and also maybe to like yeah. that we have to pay attention next time we. Yeah, and also like maybe because eventually we find out that Maxwell Rayner is immortal, right? So this is a way to then show like, oh yeah, remember when he showed up in the first World War, like yeah, world building sure. kind of thing that it doesn't just yeah. like. Oh yeah, he's immortal, but there's no actual proof of it in canon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm, cause, yeah, cause the first, the first incarnation of him to you of Edmund Halley to use the Rainer name was in, like, the 1800s, so, you know, like, it could very well be uh, yeah. just an, another example throughout history. I was also thinking, oh, the thing I want to get away from Rainer. The thing I wanted to say earlier, which I wasn't sure was a spoiler, because I don't know if Hana knows about avatars yet. Uh, yeah, I said avatar, like, mm -hmm. uh, unknowingly, yeah. when I was talking about Wilfred, I'm like, that's not what it is, but kind of. <laughs> it's like a personification, or like a spokesperson, but avatar works. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what I was going for is that it's cool to see the slaughter like personified as this weird monster almost kind of thing because usually the avatars of the fears are just human people well this yeah. is like this is the actual entity it's not human at all yeah yeah well it, it's a manifestation of it because I, I don't yeah. think like it'd probably be like you know some Stephen King or or H.P. Lovecraft shit if they actually did try and manifest. Or it'd be like yeah, our brain yeah. can't yeah. comprehend. Yeah. But yeah. That's why that also reminds me of Faust when you say that the avatars of the fears are mostly human, which reminds me that I wanted to say that it took me so long to link war this episode with the Piper and slaughter to that episode a bit further on uh, with the music group that... Oh, Grifter's uh, Bone. Yes. Yeah. It took, me, it yeah, took yeah, yeah. me a while to link the fact that they play and they, people hear music and then they just start slaughtering each other. It's yeah. almost strange though, like, to associate slaughter with music. Because that's not... If you think about slaughter, you don't think about, like, musical instruments or dancing or anything. Yeah. So that's... A, that, that's... That's interesting. A, yeah. Because, like, when you, you... You think of people associated with the slaughter, like, Melanie becomes, a, like... Yeah. Un, like, un, unwillingly tied to the slaughter because of the, the ghost train car. And she gets stabbed. And, yeah. you know, she mm. becomes part of uh, the slaughter... And she has like a bloodlust, but yeah. the, the people like Alfred Grifter and Wilfred Owen, who become agents of the slaughter, they like achieve their ends through poetry and music, which is sort of the direct antithesis to it. And that's really the only time we get to I, see something like that, because all the rest of the avatars are doing horrible shit. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you know. The, maybe the idea is that slaughter is poetic, or that there's a there's a certain there's a certain uh, yeah, it's difficult to explain. There's a certain artistic 
aspect to it. It's like if you've ever It's slaughter, but it's also real Wait, pretty. Wait, you fell away. If I've ever seen, I'm guessing you said Hannibal. But yes. I'm not sure. If you've seen okay. Hannibal, it's slaughter. Yeah. It's it, he he murders people. They're but it's all it's real pretty. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, like the, there's definitely there's definitely people who take pride in killing and it's mainly in fiction where mm. you you know you see like the, the like the proud psychopath trope. Yeah. And because that like that's what they they're presented as like they're presented as oh the psychopath or the sociopath uh however like linked or not that is to the actual like psychological definition of those words. Uh. But you know, like you even see that with with some like gun nuts who get go into the army in real life, you know. Yeah. Like there's that whole there's that quote, "Killing yeah. is my business and business is good." That's yeah. yeah. People take pride in what they do, oh. even if it's yeah. It's an interesting killing. parallel. Yeah, it's an interesting parallel to make. Yeah, I also I think. Oh yeah, I had one more thing written down. You know how John at the end goes like, "Oh yeah, this is another file that was placed wrong, yeah. like an a nineteen twenties file in the two thousand heap." God damn it, Gert- and that they're cleaning it up, and then later on you find out that Gertrude did that on purpose to confuse yeah. Elias and to confuse the Eye. Do you think that John? I don't remember if he figures it out or not, but I'm gonna assume he does. Do you think he ever like feels guilty? about cleaning it up in so yeah. far as they could do it because they that actually helped the eye. I would. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I I don't think it's I, I I don't think it's something he's conscious of because like uh, uh, later on down the line uh, um Jonah or Jonah Elias like is manipulating him in doing stuff like that achieves his plans in a different way. Yeah. So really, Gertrude's misorganizing of the system is for nothing, yeah. especially when you yeah, consider like the lengths that Jonah went to to get John uh, marked by all of the entities so yeah. he could perform the Watcher's Crown. Like her, her her thing was like completely ineffective, and she got shot for it, uh, mm. which is just uh, yet another pointless death. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else to add to the spoiler chat. No, uh, this, no, good. This one's fairly light on the old, the old spoilers. Mm. Shall we get right. Hannah back? Shall we? Shall we uh, summon yes. Hannah? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Hey. Hannah's plot predictions. Ding. <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't um, anymore. I, I know now. <laughs> Just do like, like really, really heavy-handed stuff. Like, oh well, I, I, I would love it if such and such happened. Such happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, plot predictions. Okay. Um, my first gut instinct is this: Joseph Rayner Chapo is uh, gonna turn up again because, like. Why the fact fuck would they mention a name twice if yeah, it is significant? Yeah, yeah, mm. it's a. Um, I get. I was thinking about it there, 
uh, when you guys were doing your spoiler chat. It's an the Piper is an interesting villain because it's the first thing we've seen that's had a relationship with any kind of person that's not like just instant consumption. Consumption's probably not the correct word, but like you know, last episode of Squirm, so it was like obviously some weird wormy shit. Um, and then it was like the do not open um, like every single kind of one it's always been very much like something is hunting other people mm-hmm. um, Yeah. and this is the first one I can think of where it's like something work like making a deal with the person because like the only one is probably comparable to this where it's like it's not just instant you know like the, the person is no more it would probably be do not open with the like coffin um, but even then, it's kind of like trying to get your the guy, I can't remember his name, to like open it, and then maybe square him with like the host. So that's another dimension to the horror. It's kind of like making deals with the devils and stuff. Um, mm. I think as well, this definitely opens the door for like different time periods, and yeah. kind of it makes it, it almost makes me think like, okay, I feel like we're gonna start to learn the history more about the Magnus archives. Um, and also, like, finally, it doesn't make you wonder what the fuck Gertrude was up to. Because I mm. think John, like, the archivist mentions that at the end, being like, why the fuck was a 1922 filed amongst the mid-2000s? So, like, what's yes. so significant about this that it kind of had to, you know, um, it got brought up again. Um. Mm. Because just in terms, like, it, the fact that it, it's like, okay, it was misfiled amongst the 2000s, and there must have been a reason then for it to even be misfiled in the first place. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, why would yeah. you just pull out a random 1920s thing, so it's the only one that is kind of misfiled like that? I think That's she, I think, I, I think she's finally cutting on, cutting on to the, uh, the conceit of how the Magnus Archives works, which is, John says a thing and it's imminently important. (laughs) (laughs) um, Everything he says. Everything. Yeah, because like I think it's one of those things where it's like you have to be No, I I read I read a lot. Um that sounds like a humble brag, but I'm just slow in forming the sentence. You know when you read something or like you watch a movie and once you start to watch enough things or read enough things, you're kind of like there must be a reason you're saying this in this story because mm-hmm. there's such a yeah. like, narrative that's utility. how plot works yeah it's yeah, how you can how tell people works. are going to die because oh. you, oh, can, okay. you oh, can tell okay. when okay. someone's about to die because you know the they get extra attention yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. or or it's like when you're watching say like a really schlucky sci-fi movie like an aliens movie or something mm-hmm. and there's like one or two characters that get way more backstory than the other ones. You're like, well, obviously that they're the main characters. These other people are just fodder um, for the story. Um, so there's certain points in this where it's like those kind of narrative bits at the end, when it's like um, the archivist being like, hey, this detail's fucking weird. You're like, that detail is pretty fucking weird. Thank you for uh, pointing that out yeah. to me again. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, I think with that, um, I was thinking about 
I suppose that if you have your segment about your uh, predictions for the future with uh, like it has its own theme song I think Mm -hmm. that uh, our our section where we talk about the adaptation uh, of of Magnus Archives is a definite one and I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about this where it was like I need to think more of my like schlocky fucking like Twilight Zone casting for uh hmm this one's really strange this one isn't even casting related it's 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 like sound design related because this one has a piper in it and it's like there's an episode of scooby-doo mystery incorporated it's the fifth episode uh which is like <laughs> the monster in it is called chaorifico and um it's kind it it's basically like the pied piper of hamlin except um the children instead of like following the piper like physically follow its orders and become like evil um uh, spookified as um <laughs> as patrick warbidden says uh, in his lovely voice but every time they mention garifico um there's like a pan pipe plays in the background as like a little sound cue so they're like garifico and it's like in the background and i just yeah. think that'd be fantastic like just completely <laughs> ludicrously in the background every time they talk about the war or the piper there's just some sound cue some weird <laughs> yeah just like a weird like if someone can make a pipe out of scrimshaw bone you can play both it thing. yeah yeah um, yeah, no, no, but just make it for the show, just to be like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think nothing will beat my fucking Danny DeVito casting. Um, yeah. That, that that just appeared to me in a dream. Um, no, I guess years ago, gonna... way before you had ever heard of the show, you were just like. <laughs> <laughs> my first words were Danny DeVito. No, they weren't. Um. <laughs> 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 um no, the um, I feel like you just need to go for like Wilfred Owens. You need to go for some basic um British white boy. Um, I would say Tom Holland or Benedict Cumberbatch, but they're too old now, so I'm probably no, thingy. Uh, what's his name? Timothy Chalamet. No, Timothy Chalamet is French. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna oh. go with fucking mm. Peter Parker. What's his name? I should know this. Which one? <laughs> the, <laughs> the new one. That is, Tom Ho- that is Tom Holland. That is Tom That's Holland. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah. Did yeah. I not say Tom Hiddleston earlier? No, oh, no you said Tom Tom Holland last. See what I mean? They're all fucking the same person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tom no. Holland would be a good Wilfred Owen. I can see yeah. it. But who would be Clarence? Oh, uh, I think you need to go for like some coronation, like Danny Dyer or some shit like that. Like that'd just be funny to me. I don't know. Wait, oh, let me Google this what's person. the guy who plays? What's the guy who plays um, Phil Mitchell on EastEnders? You know, no. like he just like he just talks like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ugh. oh Phil Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> I've oh never seen God. a single episode, but I presume he talks like he's a Pokemon. Steve McFadden is what Google tells me is the actor. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen perfect. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, he looks like the kind of guy who would go, Ah, oh, you're Bosch and you're superior officer. Of course you write poetry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, like, fucking knew it. 
<laughs> it's like the, it's like the SpongeBob meme. You know, does he have a? Hmm? Oh no! Do you know this? Do you know yeah, what? I'm gonna show you SpongeBob meme. Yeah, put it in. Oh, Perfect. My wonderful casting. Because yeah, Tom, not Tom Hilton, Tom Holland. Fucking okay, mm-hmm. Spider Man. Spider Man is um, like yeah. roughly twenty something, and like Wilfred Owen was. 25 when he died, so he's probably he's, 23 when he- He's when younger he than me, I'm so salty of He's so <laughs> younger than me. How old is he? Yeah, 1st of June 1996. Perfect! He's the perfect age. He's way younger than me. He's only a year older than I am. Two years older than me. Oh, yeah, Wait, is he from me? Yeah, no. Yeah. Um... Okay, before we de- de- delve into uh, oh fuck, we're old chat, um, <clears throat> I guess it's this point in the show where we plug our, uh, not our adaptation, our- ourselves. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to keep up to date with the Magnus Archives, you can follow us on twitter.com at archiveadmirers. Um, we have an email, so please email us, it's uh, archiveadmirers at gmail.com. Uh, send us your fan theories or your, you know, silly memes or further uh casting recommendations for the uh when i eventually pitch this to the bbc um and try and yes. show us the your white boy of the month, <laughs> white boy of the month. i do love um tumblr like about every about two months tumblr just picks a white boy and they obsess about him for about two weeks and then they move on as soon as yeah. they realize like you know he's cancelable or some shit like this and it always cracks me up um, speaking of cracking people up, Nigel, do you have a Twitter or anything to plug? You think my Twitter is funny? That's a, like that's a bigger joke in and of itself. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Spicy Nigel. Where recently, I, I think at the time of recording, I think I've had a, a fairly good run of tweets. I had one where I was critical of uh, the country's response to the government, and I got over 2,000 likes for some reason. Oh. But then I posted... Yeah. Uh, then I posted... Uh, I'm slightly more proud of this one. Just I posted an image of... Um, and, um, Toby Maguire in uh, The Great Gatsby, like, from the end of it. And I, I, I put a caption on it to look like the subtitles. And I was like, oh man, I really love this quote from the end of The Great Gatsby. And it just said, he really was the greatest Gatsby of them all. <laughs> and it got over 100 <laughs> likes. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, what I'm doing on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at, at CurlyComSci, where... Let me look at my Twitter. Actually, no, instead of plugging my Twitter, I'm going to plug... um. Uh, Big Dirty Fry on Twitter, who's like an oh, Irish comedian. Yes. Um, but recently, well, I was at, at the time of recording, recently he's been doing, um, he takes memes and he like remixes them so it sounds like they're from like an indie band. <laughs> and it sounds terrible, but we'll they're We'll post these like... to the Twitter. We'll post yeah. these to our, our, our Twitter um, so you can really, see them. They're really good. Like, they actually are like good songs. Um... I, I would say. 
Oh, fuck you, deputy. Fuck you. Um, like my the Nadine Coyle one, where it's like making me hegemony. My dad came into the kitchen once and I was playing it. And he was like, what's doing with that band there now? I really like that Gemini song. And I was like, it's not a band, Dad. And he was like, what do you mean? What do you mean it's not a band? It's really music like. And I was like, it's me. He's like, no, what do you mean it's oh, me? No. And I was like, it's a guy just recording like memes and making a song. Like, what do you mean it's oh. a guy? There's four of them. And I was like, no, it's a fun dude. That is a whole conversation. That's like, oh. that's like how I had to teach my dad what a fist bump is recently. Oh man. Oh. Uh, parents. I had to, I had to explain to my mother what a poggers was. Oh god. Oh wait, explain it and, to me. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Okay, uh, this is already an hour long. This episode. Um, yes. So we'll explain, explain poggers next time. Anyways, okay. we will see you guys in the next episode. <laughs> Have fun. Uh, and yeah. Actually, no. Guys, Elka, Festina, is there anything you guys want to plug? Well, I guess I am on Twitter, but I'd be impressed <laughs> if you found me there. Right, yes, Elka, the Twitter page. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you I find Elka's Twitter, Twitter, we'll say, hmm, nice. Yep, congratulations. Yep. I also have a Twitter, which is currently called Boba Fett Thirst Squad because I fell back into my Star Wars obsession and I listened to three hours of everything that happened in Boba Fett's life. And yeah. As you you do. As you do. Um, I figure by the time this gets like released or whatever it will have changed again. But the ads will be in the archive at Myrisco Twitter. Yeah, I had that realization today when I was on my like daily COVID walk. So I was like, by the time um, this episode's listened to by not us four, I'll probably be done university. And then I just had a whole existential meltdown. It was great. Wow. That sounds, <laughs> yeah, intense. It was like, that's such a time. But that's my own personal war. And y'all don't need to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we will uh see you guys next time bye bye thank you bye. for listening bye. as always bye bye